All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another thrilling episode of Truth and Reconciliation. It's the Pellwood Fantasy Football League podcast. He's Peter Elwood. I'm Seth Martin. It is great to have you with us. Peter, how are you, sir? A couple things yeah. right on top here. So one, <laughs> so one, this feels like a little bit of afternoon delight. We're recording this uh, middle of Friday afternoon. Shout out to yeah. Charles for for reminding me that we have not recorded a podcast this week. And yeah. as, as a loyal, faithful listener, he was itching for podcast to hit his ears. Uh, second thing, we're still going with Pellwood. I've said it for seven years. <laughs> and did you, didn't the vote like confirm it in the league chat? Like, I, I, I thought my words <laughs> confirmed it <laughs> during draft week. And I thought it, thought it was pretty clear. You just started saying Pellwood, never been the name. So, well, but we're, okay, we're still going. What it, how does that feel, Kamish, that the media has more power <laughs> than the actual established leader of the organization? How does that make you feel? It, it makes it feel makes me feel very official, you know. Where uh, it doesn't matter what I say, the media media is just going to take their story and we're run with their narrative. We we're going to do it against do. my will. <laughs> hey, well, you know what? We've got a pretty long-standing slant towards you know favoring you. Very rarely do I throw you under the bus here here at TNR Studios. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's how the media relationship works. As you know, that's if you right. threw me under the bus, then you would start having that's less right. access. That's right, and then yeah, and less access, and then my ad revenue goes down, and then the viewership. It's, it's a very, it's a very it's a symbiotic cycle. relationship. And then we just become yeah. a clickbait wheelhouse, and I, I, I can't be that. So, yeah. but but we're yeah. digressing a little bit. <laughs> Welcome you need back. me as much as I need you. <laughs> that's it. It's a duopoly. All right, but the duopoly that is the the Pellwood Fantasy Football League podcast, the greatest fantasy football show in the world based on the greatest fantasy football league in the world is back for a recap of i guess we have to recap the draft a little bit in in light of week one and we have to kind of reestablish as we look at these power rankings which hats off to you for delivering a an exceptional uh, array of week one uh, follow-up power rankings excellent commentary peter I, i laughed out loud on most of them and, oh, thank you. Yeah, so we gotta we gotta kind of rehash some evaluation. I think I'm not I'm not going to apologize or say I was wrong anywhere, of course. But I, at the very least, we need to just kind of nod and, and take a look at some things, and then we need to look at matchups, of course, for upcoming week two. We'll do that in light of team evaluation. You want to walk us through that, Pete? What are your thoughts? Any upsets? Any surprises? What What is your overall tone and takeaway after Week One NFL kickoff? Well, I think the entire NFL felt a shock of upsets. I think the underdogs went like, I don't know, 11 and five or something like that, yeah. just winning outright, um, not even you know covering the points, but they just, they won outright. And so I felt like week one was a very upside down week for that reason. A lot of, uh, even in, in fantasy, a lot of players that we thought were good didn't do so well. Mm-hmm. And then we had some surprising uh, performances as well. Uh, in our league, I had four teams ranked in the top six of the post draft power rankings, uh, based on my, my draft grades, mm-hmm. and, um, that ended up losing. And so now they're in the bottom six of the power rankings this week. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't think my record with week one compared to draft grades is really that strong, but usually by the end of the season, <laughs> I've got, I've got, I got four or five out of the six playoff teams, right. Uh, from the initial draft grade. So yeah. we'll, we'll see what bears out. It'll be interesting to see how quickly week two snaps things back to where we quote unquote thought they should be. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there were definitely some some surprises and, and some not so surprising performances uh, in our league in, in week one. Any uh, any particular team jump out to you from week one? Uh, well, there was mine. Uh, <laughs> I actually I actually won, <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> Um, I, I would say I would say that was a surprise. Yes, um, I, I would say so. Yeah, yeah. 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 But you you had you had a really solid week. Lots mm. of uh, lots of just good performances across your team. I wouldn't say there was any like, mind-boggling performances. You got you know, a couple touchdowns from Adam Thielen, but other than that, everything was just like yeah, every, no one screwed it up. Basically, that's, that's was, what it came was, down was to. The theme Which of the week is not you. a sustainable strategy. I want to just point out to all of our. <laughs> if you're new new to fantasy football, let me just throw you that little gem right now. Uh, but you know, well, two things. One, you mentioned our our uh, you know effectiveness coming out of the draft grade uh, episode, and and what degree that comes to fruition in the playoffs, and how how good and strong our accuracy is of predictability. But I would say, if anything. All it really does is affirm that we are a hundred percent accurate when it comes to the podcast curse. Like that, I think is like mm, a totally one hundred percent in front of us in stats right here. Uh, we have power that we wield, <laughs> and we've we we do so with uh, very little. Uh, what is the word? The 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 scruples. <laughs> we were very unscrupulous. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought you were gonna say with with very little intent, and I was gonna say no, well, that's that not too, right. It's yeah. with, with, with great no with great intent, little scruples <laughs> is go. how we wield our, wield our podcast. <laughs> because who who better to give the the A plus the number one draft grade to than the the prior season's champion? And uh, just to to see him lose it in week one yeah. was uh, was pretty sweet. So um, now we did we did not curse. Uh, our our sophomores, uh, Jared Fleming and Brian Kidd. We we talked about how much we love their team, yep. love their strategy. Yep. They went hard on wide receivers in the draft. Uh, Jared uh, Fleming spent more on wide receivers than anyone else, mm-hmm. and then he started five of them in week one, and they scored 118 points uh, for for him yep. just from those five wide receivers. So the, he he took the top overall score. Yeah, I think he's on uh, top spot yeah. in the in the power rankings, and then uh, the Brian Kidd also. Uh, got a big score from his wide receivers. He had the third most points from his wide receivers. And that was after Jerry Judy got injured and had to leave the game. Um, and he ended up with the third highest score of the week. Um, so love to see our two sophomores coming out strong based on their strategy of going heavy at wide receiver. It really uh, paid off in week one. Yeah. Well, you know, and one of the things that was really good, I was not expecting the Cowboy game to be that good, to tell you the truth. And and there was a lot of momentum that was generated out of that that I don't think is going to be the norm. And I mean, I don't mean to rain on the cowboy parade. Not that you know Jerry Jones and and the whole staff won't do that for us here in the next few weeks. But like you know, CD Lamb had a really big week, and you had a, a lot more momentum uh, coming out of uh, their week one. That's going to I think overinflate our average score for this week, and I don't think that's going to be expected week to week here on out but because that was so wide receiver heavy uh on both sides of the football game i think that that yeah. jump started the the wide receiver scramble in week one yeah that's a that's a good point if you had any wide receivers from that game except for michael Gallup, who got hurt uh-huh. missing time which i think will actually help lamb and amari cooper for for the next several weeks, they're probably gonna be able to sustain what they did yeah. or close to what they <laughs> did in week one because <laughs> it's just the two of them left um, <laughs> now with, without Dallup there. So, yeah. um, 
but that being said, if you had any, but if you had any wide receivers from that first game uh-huh. uh, between the Cowboys and Bucks, then you were happy because they right. they were all awesome. That's right. So just a little asterisk on as we evaluate the wides coming out of the draft, yeah. but um, I think that overall uh, it was a just a really fun and enjoyable watch. I can say that <laughs> because I won. I know, but I was not expecting to, and um, I uh, I almost. Uh, accidentally pandered um, and then I actually checked the <laughs> score and saw that I was winning and I was like oh shoot I can't say that um, yeah. and yeah. I, I was hey, wait, way to check yourself yeah. that's good no yeah I, 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 I think everyone should take a little uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> pandering is annoying I, it, so take, take a little lesson from that you know maybe maybe uh, just check, check yourself before you go pandering all over the place just, don't uh, go pander my heart <laughs> and uh, the uh, don't go pander my I think that the the what I was going to say was something about how I was, uh, you know, on the hunt for uh, good keepers from you know for 2022 and all the all the all the all the throw <laughs> okay. in the towelisms, okay. you yeah. know, that okay. the, <laughs> the week one loser starts way, to, way, yeah, of course. Yeah. So I'm glad I did, I'm glad I didn't, but <laughs> glad you didn't too. Might have, might have really put our friendship at risk and your, your status in the lead in question, yeah. But, you know, there was some tough losses uh, and, and slash narrow wins uh, this week as well um, that uh, were surprising, not in uh, like who won, but that it was a really, um, well, I wouldn't say it's surprising. I guess it's affirming. We, we talked that there's a lot of solid teams. Maybe that affirms our draft grade is that it's actually getting harder to split the hairs of our evaluation when it comes to managers in their drafts because they're all solid teams. And it's harder even then to get an above average team because we're all really good at what we do. And so as proved by the average score and how tight so many races were this week um, <laughs> with, of course, the outlier. But even that, that was a, as you pointed out in the power rankings, a phenomenal Monday night finish, even though the score was so low. <laughs> but it was still as exciting as if it was the game of the week. And we were watching the Monday night football yep. game of the week happen uh, as th- these two teams, uh, in this case, Fitz and uh, Derek, were battling it out for the Monday night victory about 60 points shy of their projected score for the week. So uh, I would say that that was a surprise only because uh, I thought Michael's team was the best that he had drafted in the league since being in the league. And of course I thought Derek had, uh, you know, we can call it whatever you want. We let's call it, I don't know, firepower. He had, he had good firepower. I'm just throwing that out there uh, as, a, <laughs> as a phrase I haven't used much before, but <clears throat> what do you think? Surprises. Um, so I, I, you know, just to, I guess my overall summary, it started out a lot of fun Thursday night, Cowboys game, a lot of Cowboys fan in the lead, a lot of people paying close attention. We had a lot of fun chatting Mm -hmm. during the game, um, on that Thursday night to kick off the season. That was the most, you know, tuned into a game that I will pretty much ever be because, uh, my wife was working on stuff. And so I was able to have the game up and have my laptop next to me and, and do a lot of watching and chatting and, um, so that was a lot of fun. And then we closed on Monday night with uh, Michael and Derek in a seesaw battle for uh, avoiding last place, basically. <laughs> and, uh, and and Brock had a, 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 a come from behind victory uh, in that he was losing leading, going into Monday night. He was supposed to win, but he ended up did, he, he did get the touchdown he needed to to beat Jared. Um, so, uh, you know, a lot of fun from uh, end to end 
from week one. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I, I thought it was a great week. Uh, good week for the lead is higher scoring than last year's week one by about a hundred points mm. uh, for the lead overall, um, which I don't think is a scoring settings uh, change um, impact. I think it's just overall higher scoring um, this time around. So um, it was, it was a fun week and uh, we'll move on to week two and hopefully the uh, teams that didn't fare so well, will have a little bit of regression in their favor. And we'll see if those who uh, came out really strong will be able to sustain it. So anyway, let's uh, let's jump into some week two matchups and uh, we'll just kind of review how we feel about yeah. the teams and uh, what what significant changes there were. Yeah. Anyway, let's start with your matchup. So you are taking on uh, Jared this week. Jared is still projected to beat you, uh, even though even after your strong week last week, um, he did start Saquon Barkley on yeah, um, he, Thursday night game this week. He didn't do great. Which was interesting because I saw Saquon was under like 50% snaps in week one. Um, so they're definitely kind of easing him back into his workload after uh, his injury last year. Uh, he did get up to like, I don't know, 75% snaps or something uh, on Thursday night. So he's he's getting there. So I imagine by the time they return in week three, he may be full go after having like a week and a half between games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saquon may be full go. So that will definitely help Jared's team. Um, he's also still rolling with James White in his RB2 slot. Um, that didn't work out real well in week one, I don't think. Um, and uh, he did not get the Elijah Mitchell waiver wire pickup. Uh, that was the, the hot running back uh, to pick up, yeah. uh, which would have been, uh, you know, I would have expected Jared to really push hard for him to fill in that RB2 slot, but he didn't do that. Um, other than that, though, I mean, I don't see there's any big changes about the rest of his team. Uh, I feel like wide receivers are all look like they're pretty solid. Pass catchers should get some volume. And, uh, you know, it wasn't his best week last week, but I expect he'll be better this week. What do you think? Uh, I do think he'll do much better this week. I do think he, he aptly renamed himself uh, with the regression to the mean. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think that'll happen this week. I think I'm also going to regress to my mean, which means I think I'm going to get stomped, but uh, don't let that be a, a pander moment. Um, I've got some moves to make between now and then, but I don't know how much of a difference it'll truly make. Um, I don't think that my player performance is sustainable, like I said earlier, but I don't see a world where it's impossible and I'm, you know, I'm dead already. Uh, I've got this pitch Pittsburgh matchup that looks pretty favorable. Uh, Deontay Johnson did look awesome. Uh, Thielen looked great. He's, he's showing to be a, a touchdown magnet, at least one week doesn't really make a trend, but we'll see. Um, I didn't get as strong a performance out of my starting running backs, but you know who came to save the day? David Montgomery, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> my accidental pickup is going yeah. to carry me to the playoffs. So, yeah. so we'll see. Yeah, I think I think both Montgomery and Mixon look like they're going to get a lot of work, which, yeah. which I think is good for you. I am concerned about Derrick Henry, though. Your your yeah, top he did not do great. Your top did because he didn't seem like he was super involved, and uh, the Titans really didn't seem like they played very well at all. And yeah. I think if the Titans aren't going to play well, then Henry is definitely not going to have as much work because he's not really going to be involved in the passing game. So um, that'll be interesting to see how how they game plan this week um, to recover from didn't beat at home by Arizona last week. Now they got to go on the road to Seattle. Yep. And I'm interested to see what the Titans do, uh, see if they can have a better week um, this week. Also concerned about like the coaching performance of um, Jacksonville 
with your quarterback Trevor Lawrence, or he ended up having a pretty good game. I think he's for like 22 points. Yeah, it just took the. But they lost to Houston, yeah. which is well... embarrassing. I mean, it's Jacksonville. Like, they're not that good, but they lost to Houston, which is yeah. really em- embarrassing. So um, now they're going to have facing stiffer competition. Um, and that will. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Losing to Texas is, yes, a, a reputation. I always say, hey, you don't know a team until they play. And just because they were terrible for last year or in the Texans case, I don't know, since the nineties, uh, you can't really judge that as this year's team. So, uh, I wouldn't be too hard on Trevor Lawrence. It, it must've sucked to actually lose a game and he had to know it was coming at some point mm-hmm. in his career, True. but the point. yeah, but it probably especially sucked to lose to the Texans because of that. Like <laughs> Nick Saban somewhere was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, uh, the reality is, I think that uh, Hill he he's not a he's not an NFL quarterback yet, and uh, the only reason that I left him in was because I liked his chances better against the Texans than I liked against my backup quarterback this this uh, last week. So uh, yeah, and we'll, it, was, it was the right it was the yeah, right play. We'll so. see. Uh, but you know, I also thought this was just ironic. I I looked back at my kicker options because I had you know the top three kickers get sniped away from me for two dollars <laughs> in yeah. the draft, yeah. and Bucker out out and scored them all. So that that felt see? really good. Once see? again, never, never never pay more than a dollar. A couple for things smiled on me this week, but you, you, no one knows anything about you first, so, yeah. so don't don't spend your money on. That's them. right. You know who I am scared awesome. of, uh, and I think this person honestly is going to be one of the top performers of the year uh, is Travis Kelsey. Uh, and it's going to be a, a tough climb. Uh, any, anybody who's facing him in a given week is going to get the, the, the ball or the points yeah. run up against them. So, yeah, I kind of, I kind of was cooling on Kelsey this year because of he's, he's getting a little older, you know, he's over 30 um, now and uh, like 31, 32, something like that. And uh, so I thought maybe we'll, we'll start to see a little bit of dip from Kelsey this year, but um, not in week one. So yeah, I think um, that'll be interesting to see how, how wrong I am uh, yeah. over the course of the season, but definitely wrong. We'll see. All right. What does that take us to? All right. Let's talk about Charles and Brock. So uh, Charles won, Brock won. Um, Charles got a, a big performance. He, uh, you know, like he, he played like the, Saints backed up tight end and got two touchdowns on three targets. So um, I don't know. We'll see. I, like I'm still not sure if I like Charles's team. Uh, he definitely had a good week one though. Yeah, um, he really. Did. I, don't, I don't. I really don't think my feelings have changed on any of his players. I just feel like he had some really good luck in week one. I, I, no, Antonio Brown did show out, and it was against the Cowboys. So grain of salt there. Uh, maybe the Cowboys aren't that good, and they really game plan to take Mike Evans away, so open things up for Antonio Brown. But now Antonio Brown's going to play the Falcons, and they're really not good. So uh, it probably will continue to be good this week. But I don't think my feelings have really changed on Charles's team overall uh, from from the the draft uh, re- recap. Yeah, uh, I don't think mine have either. Um, you know, he's got some big names on there. And the only one that I expect to continue to be as gangbusters as he was week one is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, All of these others, I see potential for them to drop out and score less than average points. And when they all stack up, he's going to lose by 50 points. So uh, I don't know when that'll happen. Uh, I actually like Brock's team this week a lot. Um, I wouldn't. uh, It's another team I don't think has changed much. Uh, since the draft, but 
Um, I, do I think, think I think the, the big change though is that he's gone from having two San Francisco running backs, basically no San Francisco running backs that he can he can start because he had uh, Mostert who got hurt and is now out for the year, mm-hmm. um, and then he also had Trey Sermon who was a healthy scratch, uh, right. which shows he's he's lower in the pecking order in San Francisco than a lot of people thought he was. Yeah. So um, that's a big change for Brock's team, but. Uh, and now he has Josh Jacobs, who's out this week. Right. Oh, that's um, right. I just saw he is, that. He's filling in with good replacements. got Tyson Williams from Baltimore and Daryl mm-hmm. Henderson from the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those are both good fill-ins. Um, and overall, his, his team looks fine, um, even w- with those yeah. running back in- injuries and problems that he's having. But um, and I think that it, that is a change in that uh, some of his depth has been put into play now where instead of just having the depth to have the depth, now he's having to use it. Yeah. Um, so good thing he had it. Uh, well he's still feel, feeling a good team. Well said. I'm going to lean into Brock this week. Nice. Nice. I, I, I I'm going to, I think Brock would win as well, but um, Charles is projected for more points right now. And uh, betting against Charles has never really worked out for me. So it's <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> a, a head versus heart thing. Sure. Of, uh, which, which team are you going? I get it. All yeah. right. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go to the Battle of the Chris's. We've got Chewy yeah. versus uh, Chris Windsor. Um, Windsor felt like, I, I said he had a lukewarm week, and uh, they're like, there was just nothing I could say about his week one. Like, there's really no change in any of his players, no major injuries. Um, he did pick up, Eli, he, he got the Elijah Mitchell waiver wire, so he's got him thrust in the starting lineup now, so that's an improvement um, over any of the other guys he has on his bench. Um, and didn't he but, spend like, about like, I don't know eighty percent of his uh, FAA uh, budget on it? Uh, a little more than half, maybe sixty percent. I forget. It was uh, somewhere in the sixty-ish range. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he, he spent a pretty pretty penny, but should be should be a good pickup. So like I, I just I, there's really no change for for Chris. I expect his team to be better than it was in week one, and uh, I'm not sure if this is the week for it, but I expect him to be better. Um. Chewy had a good week one, and um, I, I didn't. I don't think there's any major change here. So for Sterling Shepard, has uh, kind of asserted himself with the Giants. Uh, got off to another good start this week. Ten targets. Um, Corey Davis had two touchdowns in week one, and so he's looking like a legit uh, starter as the as the top option with the Jets as well. So I think those are two. Both those New York wide receivers are probably the ones that have changed the most from the draft in that. Um, they look really good and they look like they're going to lead their teams in targets for the foreseeable future. So uh, I think that's really good for Chewy's team. Yeah. What I like about Chewy's team the most is that I think he still has some of the most depth uh, to go in the long run as well. Um, and I would, uh, you know, not that you only get the points that are on your roster, your starting roster, but um, I think that he's set up for success in the long run. Uh, to help survive week to week, but I think his team looks better this week. I don't think Chris' team looked bad. Sorry, uh, yeah, I said Chewy, right? I don't think yep. I don't think Chris Windsor's team looks bad this week, uh, but it doesn't look like it can go uh, for broke to get up into that one seventy range that I think it would need to be competitive with Chewy this week. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. All right, we can go on to uh, Scott and Jared Fleming. Um, so Jared is the, the top team starts one of the uh, bottom teams, uh, starts 11th Jared's first. So it looks like a big mismatch here. I think it'll probably play out that way as well. I think Jared just has, um, his wide receivers should continue to be good. Uh, this week, they've got a lot of good matchups across the board, mm-hmm. um, as well. 
And he also has two running backs in the flex this week after having two wide receivers in the flex last last week. So Just it's, keeping people guessing. That's interesting. Yeah, you don't uh, know my game I plan. Mean, it, it, it makes sense, but I, I think you know he still had some some quality wide receivers on the bench that may have been fortunate to get a touchdown um, when they didn't deserve to, uh, based on the usage like Robbie Anderson and uh, Vista Chenault um, had good weeks when you know there, I think there's reason to be a little cooler on them this week than uh, at the start of the season. So yeah. the news from uh, Fleming to uh, get the right guys in his lineup. Um, yeah. On, on the flip side, I think, I think Stott, Stott needs a rebound week here from uh, like Aaron Jones um, and from Allen Robinson and uh, a, a couple of his guys that he's going to be relying on. And uh, I don't, I don't think he'll have the, the juice to keep up with Fleming here. No, I don't think so either. I think Fleming is kind of going to be the team to beat this season. Yeah, at least for, for the start of the year. I think he's, he's set up really well to have a, a strong first two weeks. Yeah. Man, uh, last week proved why I, uh, or or reminded me why I wanted to draft Tom Brady really bad and how I had saved $8 to make sure that I could. And, uh, <laughs> well, saved, budgeted. I didn't save it. <laughs> Let's be clear. Yeah. It evaporated. Yeah. I had in mind to save. And uh, I don't, I don't remember what he went for, but in reality, you probably only needed like two or three dollars yeah, for him based so. on how, uh, how quarterback spending went. Yeah. Draft. yeah, that's true. So once again, Fleming, he's, uh, looking great. Yeah. I mean, like Tom Brady is, it just seems like shouldn't be excited about having him as your quarterback, but he just keeps doing it. It's well, crazy. Can nobody can do what he does in the last two minutes of a game except for him. Aaron, yeah. Aaron Rodgers is the only one who gets close, and he gets close enough to be really disappointed and have to do a, a really crummy press conference after the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just when when you watch when you see Brady so much, you're like, oh, it's not that hard to march the team down the field with two minutes left. You just like complete a bunch of eight yard completions. The yeah. defense just gives you those eight yard. Completions. Well, but that's the thing but, is that nobody uses the slot receiver like he does, or or the the running backs as well out of the backfield. And, and it's like a eight yard, eight yard, eight yard, mm-hmm. and then. 25 yards, you know, like, and then boom, you're, you're down there in scoring position. Mm-hmm. It happens so fast. And, but you, you say like, Oh, that's not so hard. Why, why doesn't everyone do that? But because everyone doesn't do it, it shows you that it's actually very, very difficult. And he's really, really still at, at doing it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And all right, let's talk about uh, Derek and Brian's team. Uh, why don't you, why don't you lead off this? I'd be happy to. So Derek is, uh, coming off of a less than ideal <laughs> scoring week <laughs> last week. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, um, he did not have a great game. Uh, he was oh, al- he was almost negative, uh, <laughs> and I don't know the it last is, time I, I saw his worst name ever. I don't know the last time I saw a quarterback play a game a full game and almost go negative. Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, I think almost like at a fifty percent completion rate. Uh, had two interceptions. It was not a a good game for Aaron Rodgers. So that will most certainly bounce back. But um, that that's frustrating in and of itself because if you had a quarterback who was half awake and just was not getting trounced like that, then Derek's not worried about a close matchup. He's back into you know twenty points north, fifteen points north of of where that would have been. So uh, sorry, uh, not that I'm blaming Aaron Rodgers on his loss, but. That is the most outstanding eyebrow raiser on his whole roster uh, for this last week. Yeah, so I think I think I think Derek probably has the most players who my perception of them has changed dramatically in week one. Oh yeah, uh, of any team where like 
I think I feel like it was confirmed that James Robinson's role is not going to be the same as it was last year, where last year he was the only running back in Jacksonville. This year he's going to be splitting with Carlos Hyde. Um, and then, uh, so that's like on the negative side, you also got Ronald Jones on the negative side where he fumbled and got benched. And, you know, the coach says he's the starter this week, but, uh, I think, they're, I think they're probably souring on Ronald Jones if they're so, so quick to bench him. Um, yeah, Odell Beckham, who is not going to play these first two weeks after it seemed like he was going to be pretty healthy. That's also on the negative side. Yeah. And then Henry Ruggs didn't really seem like his role has changed, um, on the negative side as well, where, Really, you should see some progression for like the first wide receiver taken in the 2020 sure. draft. Um, he hasn't really shown to, to be much of anything. So I feel like that's all on the negative side. But on the positive side for Derek, he's got DeAndre Swift. Talk who about Swift. 11, who, 11 targets. Seriously. One. And if he, he keeps doing that, on his bench. Awesome. I mean, that was the other cruddy thing uh, yeah. for Derek was to watch yeah. that. Well, well, like his health was questionable for week one. Right. He's he got 11, issue, 11 right? targets and just exploded on on the 49ers defense. So uh, impressive there. And then uh, Mike Williams got a bunch of targets in week one as well. So that's on the positive side for, for Derek too. So I feel like there's just a lot of players that um, not just their performance, but how they were used uh, can really flip the perception of them uh, from week one compared to, you know, during the draft. Yeah. So um, I do think there's com- going to be some some bounce back. He's going to move some things around. He has the chance to look the most different uh, next week. I think yeah, that's <laughs> he, for sure. he's got he's got the most uh, upswing to to move into. So we'll see about yep. that. Meanwhile, um, we've got over on the other side of the ball Brian Kidd, whose team, uh, as you referred to, is one of the, the sophomores once again, uh, is looking to overtake Derek and try to hit him while he's down. His team, again, looks formidable. He's got a a pretty good uh, set of matchups this week that I think will give him an advantage if the Cowboys uh, continue to uh, air raid the ball and maybe CeeDee Lamb will will run it up for him again. Keenan Allen uh, is in that ballgame, so if it's a shootout on both sides of the ball, then maybe we'll see a lot of points uh, going that way. So uh, I think that... Uh, Brian Kidd is set up to have a better chance of uh, high, higher scoring than his projection is letting out. This will this will be interesting. I think uh, so. Brian is, is down two starters with J.K. Dobbins out, Jay Judy out, not really you know finding anyone to directly replace them. Um, but you know he he does have some guys who are really good: Keenan Allen, C.D. Lamb, uh, Tyler Lockett. You know, all reminded in Week One how good they are, and I think you know the first. First, uh, in that group of all the ones who reminded everyone how good they are is Tyler Murray. I kind of forgot mm, how good that throws a ball lit yeah. up, <laughs> lit up the Titans in, in every possible way. So, um, yeah, uh, I think Brian, Brian seems to look really strong, but this will be an interesting matchup. They're projected really close right now. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how much Derek bounces back, uh, versus how much Brian can overcome his injuries. Mm-hmm. Yep. That'll be the thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, last one I think is is me versus Michael. Yep. Um, so uh, on Michael's side of the ball, you know, he he has Zeke, and Zeke had a really disappointing week one. He has Devonte Adams. Devonte Adams had a really disappointing week one. He has Mike Evans. Mike Evans had a really disappointing week one, and then uh, he had Gronkowski, who he did not start in week one, and, and Gronkowski was awesome. So um, that, like. I expect Michael seemed to look very different uh, yeah. in week two compared to how it looked in week one. I don't think 
perception has changed on any of these guys so much. He has Zach Pastel in the starting lineup now. And so I think that was a, sh- a shift where, you know, maybe we thought Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell would be the top two guys in Indianapolis, but Pastel was catching all the touchdowns um, last week. And then he also has Tinian Drake on his bench right now. I imagine he'll put him in the starting lineup since uh, Josh Jacobs is now out for the Raiders. So yeah. I think I think Michael will have a bounce back week as well. I think all these teams that were scoring around 100 points in week one are going to have a bounce back and a much stronger week this week. I'm sure of it. And I actually really like uh, Fitz's team this week. I think that it'll be formidable, but I don't think it's going to be enough to beat you. Terry McLaurin already uh, started on Thursday night, ended up with over 100 yards targeted 14 times with a touchdown and uh, you've got a cheat code McCaffrey and uh, Dak looking good against a, a, a squishy uh, secondary. And I think that Waller uh, is proving to be a great asset for you as well. And will be this week uh, specifically up against Pittsburgh. So uh, yeah, I was really happy to see uh, McLaurin do what he did on Thursday night yeah. because I was really high on him this year and uh, glad to see that. Um, you know, I, I, I wasn't terribly wrong through two weeks anyway, just uh, just yeah. a little off in week one. But yeah, I, I think um, I think we're gonna have to let let some of my rookies uh, sit on the bench a little bit longer before putting them into the starting lineup. Uh, Elijah Moore, I really liked this week, and I thought he was in a good spot for week one, and uh, did not play out that way. So. Um, I thought his usage was okay. They, uh, he was out there for a lot of snaps. He just didn't get a lot of targets, yeah. and he went for negative yardage on the one he did catch. So, yeah. um, not great there. So, um, it'll be interesting to see. I think as long as I have Dak and McCaffrey, that, that, those two, I think, are gonna um, give me a, a really strong starting <laughs> point. And then I just need you know some solid performances you like McLaurin. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yes, sir. Yeah, I would uh, right. throw the the win in your column as well. Yeah, nice. Well, that that's all. That's all. Well, I think that's pretty quick run through. Not bad. Um, for for how things are looking, I'm happy we could uh, squeeze a podcast in. Yeah. I did find I did find during the power rankings a couple things that sleeper needs to improve. Yeah, let's talk and about that those. One one would be a standings page that you can sort by points for points against. Mm-hmm. Um, that th- sort of thing uh, that was actually nice to have with ESPN. I can do it myself, but it's nice to have uh, sure. with ESPN. Yep. Um, and then the other would be uh, more stat, more statistics about each team within our league. I'd like to see how they store their points by <laughs> position and um, that sort of thing. I feel like there's a lot that uh, could be done, um, but I know I'm, I'm sure sleeper will continue to make improvements. Sure. And I'll probably suggest these things to them to look into. Uh, and who knows what that's worth, but um, throw it out there, see if they, they take it or not. Um, but yeah, so I just, a couple of things I was like, hmm, I try to miss that from ESPN, which I didn't expect to ever I say. Know. But. Well, I felt that way in observation on uh, game day. I was looking for, especially on Sunday night late and Monday night, I yeah. was looking for that. It's just so easy to check and see how many minutes a team has left and re- be reminded who's still playing. Uh, based off of that, like I was at one guy in the slot. Does he have two? I can't remember. And yeah. uh, it's just an easy way to check. So just little things that I've gotten used to uh, are not there anymore. And it's not that the product is necessarily weaker because of it. It's just a different way of checking in with, you know, just breaking old habits. So uh, yeah. I'm uh, I'm still a fan of the interface. I, uh, I think it's very, very pretty. And uh, unlike... ESPN, it didn't absolutely crash on week one. So 
Oh, that's uh, a good point. Big fan of that. I'm not sure the last time I <laughs> we've made it through that's weekend a long without a significant feature. <laughs> that's right. So they actually plan their their resources uh, and project accurately, I guess. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, Pete, thanks for the episode. Now, look at your power rankings really quickly uh, before we sign mm-hmm. off. And um, I'm not exactly thrilled that you rank me number four, uh, and I'm not totally sure why. Uh, I, I think it maybe had more to do with just the, the points coming out of last week as opposed to the uh, uh, like matchup projections going into week. Yeah, yeah to, to, to be clear, I don't choose where people are ranked with the power rankings. The, the, uh-huh. the, the math chooses where people are ranked i just which math insert the comment uh it's based on your uh, win-loss record your points scored and then also i do like an all play wins uh total as well mm-hmm. where in, in a given week if you have the top score of the week then you get 11 all play wins so you beat all uh, 11 other teams whereas if you're like the eighth uh scoring team in the week yeah. then you would have an all play record of three and eight because you um outs- or four four and seven at the point because you outsourced four teams and you were lower scoring than seven teams. Yeah. So um, I kind of blend those three themes together to develop a power rankings points. And I just sort on that and then see, uh, see where things are in that. So the, the math plays it out. So based on your points scored and because you won, that's why you're in a port, which makes sense because you, uh, you, you scored well, um, but you had the fourth highest uh, or fifth highest point total, um, but, but you got the win. Uh, whereas Chewy had the fourth highest point total, but he, got, he, he did a loss, so um, that that factors it out a little bit. So, gotcha. um, yeah, so it's, it's just math that figures out where you're ranked. Yep. Uh, There's the commentary coming from me. Well, I wanted to understand that, and I wanted to point out in light of that how much the schedule matters and how we looked at ideal schedule versus yeah. actual, and um, <laughs> the how humbling. And we mentioned it in the chat earlier this week how humbling it can be when you see what your record maybe coulda, shoulda, woulda been. Uh, you know, going into the playoffs. And uh, I am a firm believer in how we structure our schedule. I like the layout of it. I like the the, the mix and match of a couple weeks out and then go beat each other up inside your incumbents yeah. division or your uh, challengers division and then come back and do interleague play. And it has been a, a good setup. And I was curious, how did you come up with that? I don't ever remember talking or thinking about the right way to do our schedule. I think I just, at one point I was like, well, we got this, these divisions, so let's use them. Kind of the way like the Major League Baseball or NFL will almost like manufacture rivalries with how they schedule mm-hmm. games, um, where when you're playing within your division, you know, at the end of the season, like the way MLB does, you, you pretty much, I remember, at least I don't know that's how they do it anymore because they interleague play all the time now, but I remember growing up, the last four weeks of the season, it was like, the Rangers would play the Angels, Athletics, Mariners, Athletics, Angels, Mariners. And it's like back-to-back-to-back series within the division. And so it's like those games became super important, especially if the division race was close. And I just thought that's a good way to set up the season. And based on how many weeks we had in the year, how many teams we have in the league, it's like, oh, this works out pretty nicely. So, yeah, I just I just started doing it um, one year. And it's, I think it's worked out really well where it's, yeah. uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's very smart. And thanks for the the background information on that. I wouldn't expect anything less. Such intentionality in the greatest (laughs) fantasy football league in the world. This is the podcast. He's Peter Elwood. I'm Seth Martin. Thanks for tuning in. Good night.